Baseball with the Bard. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode four of Baseball with the Bard. I am your host, Tyler Bard, and that over there is Noah Cross, the magician, our incredible yet Yankee fan co-host. <laughs> how we how we doing, Noah? We're doing good. You know, it's been a crazy week here uh, in CT and on the East Coast with the storms, but we're doing all yeah. right. We're still coming out live, so that's exciting. Yes, we managed – our producer, Joe, managed to get his power back about two days ago. Uh, so he is up and running and able to get us on the air. Uh, so, Joe, we uh, appreciate you helping us get back up on the air. Um, but this is your show for all things baseball – and then a quick look into the Red Sox and Yankees, or I should say a deep look in to the Red Sox mm-hmm. and Yankees. Uh, but let's just start off. I think as we always start here, uh, just a qu- an update on how the COVID crisis is working through the MLB. Um, so I have a few stats here. I'm just going to read off quickly. Um, so just remember now, in total, eight Cardinals players have tested positive for the coronavirus since last week. The Cardinals are really dealing, uh, have been dealt a tough hand here uh, with COVID. Uh, and I have some stats here. So as of last, as of Saturday, uh, the number of monitoring samples collected and tested by the MLB in the past week was 13,043. 13 of those, which is 0.1%, have been new positives. Seven positives were players and six were staff members. Four of the last seven days had no new positives. So that's actually a plus finally. It looks like uh, people are taking the uh, Manfred's um, suggestions more seriously because there were threats that if you uh, did not comply to these new rules, that you'd be done for the season uh, and that you would be suspended for the rest, the remainder of the 2020 season. Um So let's see. uh, The total number of monitoring samples collected and tested has been 53,826, 71 of which, again, is 0.1% have been new positives. 49 of the 71 positives have been players and 22 have been staff. And 19 different clubs uh, have had a covered individual test positive during that training. 19 clubs and the MLB have had at least one person uh, have that case. And it feels like kind of like the United States, uh, and where even though the United States has a lot of cases, it's kind of concentrated to a few specific spots like California, Florida, New York, where in the MLB, it's the Marlins and the Cardinals. Uh, they're the ones who have really, uh, held the reins. So it looks like it's kind of isolating itself to specific teams who weren't following, uh, protocol all that well. Um, so hopefully, um, they can get it all together. And that, yeah, we have a, a staff that came through the Marlins right now are seven and one despite the COVID outbreak, which is insanity because I don't know if you've watched any of their highlights much, Noah, but they have names that you've never heard. Oh, absolutely. Turn it it's up. It's like, here comes uh, Joe, the guy from the hot dog stand, two rows down. Uh, so it's a really uh, interesting to see a team that has so much sickness for sure coming together and doing well to have a, a good record. Um, I just hope the players really start to take this more seriously because we actually thought uh, the season was done. Last mm. episode, we're like, this is it. We're not going to have any more baseball. But Manfred uh, still has faith, uh, and it seems to be working. Um, so let's, let's hope this slows down. 
uh, and and guys can take this more seriously. For sure. I mean, I, I will say one thing that's tough with all the outbreaks going on in teams. You had the Cardinals, you had the Marlins. Uh, it's really hard to put a lot of strain on the guys. I mean, the Mar- the Cardinals, as we're saying, I'm sorry, the Marlins are 7-2 and two right now, even though they had all this outbreak, they had so much time off. The problem is they're going to have to make up those games eventually. You saw sure. the Yankees, two series in a row, the Yankees had to have a doubleheader, you know, three days uh-huh. apart. Uh, and that's going to put a lot of strain on the on the players. It's going to put a lot of strain on them having to get loose, a lot of strain on them having to keep playing. Uh, the schedules are grueling enough with the shortened season, and now they're going to have to play double headers, two series in a row, possibly three series in a row. And sure, there's seven double headers and all that, but they're really uh, going through a lot as a team. And the, you know, despite all of the outbreak and all of the problems they're having, they're still keeping their record good. But the, I'll say this: down the road, they're going to have to start making up those games, and they're going to feel it. And it's going to affect the players. And I mean, we'll get into the Yankee segment, whether it affect the double headers or the crazy schedule affected the players that are, uh, we got a player that got injured, but we'll see what happens when we get there. No, it, and, yeah, definitely. We're going to talk about that later. And just a quick blurb, it absolutely did affect them, but we'll, we will get it to it later as we uh, move into the Yankees segment later on. Um, so MLB is, I got to give them credit. They're doing uh, a better job now. That people were crying out saying you need to do a better job protecting these players. Players were saying you need to do a better job protecting us. Um, and they seem to be responding uh, in the affirmative. So uh, kudos to MLB and Rob Manfred for once. You don't get a lot of them. So, so take this where you can, Rob Manfred. Um, but let's talk about a pretty cool stat uh, that the Yankees had coming into this season. Uh, the 2020 Yankees had a 12-game streak where they had home runs. The Yankees are off to an incredible start. And I believe it was Joe uh, I was talking to earlier who said the Yankees offense and their run scored, about 70% of it is home runs. Mm-hmm. Which, cool, but not, not great. Because you don't want all your offense to be home runs. But they keep hitting them now. For now. What if they stop? Hey, listen, I'll say this. I think the biggest thing is not that they're not just hitting solo shots. They're having home runs in moments that matter. Like you look at judges, judges hits and home runs. He's coming out there with guys on base and they're down by run. They're down by two runs and he's taking the lead or he's tying the game. Uh, Luke Voigt had a tying score, a tying hit yesterday. Uh, So I think the biggest thing is is they're clutch. They're coming through when they need to. They're not just hitting home runs to hit them. Uh, You know, they're not not up 12 and then popping solo shots because they're into the back end of the bullpen. They're hitting home runs off of the guys that matter. They're hitting home runs off of the starters. They're knocking them out of games. They're driving up their pitch count, and they're making sure they win those games. So I, I understand you don't want all of your offense to be home runs. Right now it's working. They are the New York Yankees. They're called the Bronx Bombers for a reason. So I think they can keep that up. Uh, and it doesn't have to be everyone hitting these these dingers. And we're going to get into that when we talk about the Yankees a little f- deeper. But right. up and down their lineup is producing. It's not just a couple people. So, Yeah, I believe it's uh, – I have here from the MLB that it was July 23rd. Stanton started that streak to open the season with that monstrous bomb uh, that we covered. And then it was actually Gary – uh, who, who finally hit his first home run on, what did I say? Uh, was that the August 5th game? Yeah. Um, and then it, it pushed it to 12 games. Uh, so that's, that's pretty impressive. And in the middle of all of that, you had Aaron Judge have his own five-game streak of uh, consecutive days with a home run. And then yesterday he showed again. He's like, yeah, I can have a, a cold day once in a while and come back and hit almost hit two, but definitely destroy one. 
Um, so the Yankees are onto a absolutely impressive start. Um, but I am honestly a little worried about that home run stat. I know what you mean. It's clutch. They have the clutch factor, but how many guys do we crap on? Because we either say they either hit a home run or they strike out. We can't have a team that just hits home runs. I got you. You know, guys like the, you know, the Red Sox were a home run beast too, um, but they're more of a station to station team. And even though they're not winning, they are scoring. Um, and it's just, I, I would prefer that if you look in the money ball, I mean, obviously home runs are exciting, but I prefer a, does he get on base? What's his win percentage? Uh, what's his o, uh, OBP, all of that. Um, because if you can't consistently get on base, mm-hmm. that's kind of a red flag for me, but congratulations, Yankees. That's an incredible stat. Um, one that will definitely be remembered for a long time, especially with this shortened season, everything's going to have an exclamation point next to it. Um, so very excited to see if they can keep it up. Um, but let's get into the next segment here. Uh, all of us jealous baseball fans, because, uh, Jesse Sanborn, uh, who is a giants fan was the first, uh, the, one of the fans to get every game correct on who was going to win on opening day. MLB did this segment where fans could predict all of the winners for opening day. And uh, there were two tiebreakers and he picked the one that was correct. And it was how many home runs will be hit across these games. Got that right on the head. And he won $100,000 just for getting that all correct. That is an insane stat. Did you play Noah? No, I did. I, no, I think I did. I did actually. Um, and then the home runs being hit towards that certain point, I was just kind of like, all right. <laughs> I, I, the fact that someone even got close to that and guessed it is is crazy to me. Um, yep. But hey, congratulations to Jesse. That's awesome. I, I you know I wish I could have said that I won that so I could be like, you know, I know so much about baseball. Look at me. Right. Like I, this, this is nothing. This is nothing. But even yep. on that guess, I mean, come on. But and, so and I said before he's a Giants fan. And he said the hardest part at all was he had to take the Dodgers over his Giants, but he did it. He did it for the sake of the game. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, he was a very humble guy. You know, he didn't, he, he was very excited in his interview. Um, and he said he was just super determined uh, to make what he saw as the most logical selections. And I said, well, that's a pretty straightforward mindset. We were all doing the same thing, but you, sir, Seem to have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, so congratulations. Uh, he's a chef who now is uh, $100,000 richer. So congratulations. Go. go start opening your own restaurant, Mr. Yes. Jesse Sanborn. Um, but let's take a look uh, at the standings as we roll into our Red Sox segment. Uh, we are, oh boy. Oh, brutal. I'll say this. The athletics are playing great ball right now, and they always do. They always do in, in the regular season. Uh, so it's, sure. you know, that's exciting to see. The Yankees are looking good. It's exciting. I really wish they pulled out that win yesterday so we could have been on top with the They should have. They should have. That, was a, well. that was a shame. That was a shame. And I, I blame the trop, the trop field specifically mm-hmm. for the Yankees not winning because that Aaron Judge shot was a – monstrous hit and it just came shy because they're playing indoors and I hate that stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree with you. The Yankees should have definitely swept that doubleheader yesterday. Um, they never play well at the trap though. They, they've had a, no. 
they've had a, a terrible run there at, at Tropicana Field, so I wasn't too shocked. The fact that they won that one game in the beginning, I was happy, and I, I was like, I'll take it. You know, they can't win both today. Uh, but it's you know, it's cool to look at. The Twins are doing exactly what they wanted to do. They're hitting a right. lot of home runs with the with their new acquisitions and all that. Josh Donaldson and a few others. So they got a solid lineup. Oakland's really pitching well, uh, and they're. Their offense can't be can't be beat. I mean, they have the best record in the game for a reason, other than the Colorado Rockies, who we'll get into when we go right. to the NFL stuff. Yeah, and look, yeah. there's one one team I want to point out before we go to the National League, and it's the Houston Astros, uh, six and eight. Wow, baseball's hard when you don't know what pitch is coming, <laughs> huh? That's that's uh, interesting. Hot Didn't take. affect the outcome. Didn't affect the outcome. That yeah, no, sure. not at all. Knowing what pitch was coming did not affect the outcome at all. No, they're saying, well, they just they hit average. I go, well, that means you have under average players uh, because if they can't hit the ball when they know it's coming, your players just suck, including Jose Altuve, who is having the worst start to a season he's ever had. So yeah. Astros, oh, I'll say it all year. Screw you. Happy to see you doing poorly behind the Oakland yeah. Athletics. All right, I'll, I'll be a little less gr- uh, gruesome, even though I shouldn't be towards the Astros here. I'll be the voice of somewhat reason. Um, well, not really, because I'm just going to tell you about a story that the Houston uh, Shame Tour, Houston Astros Shame Tour Twitter account, they I didn't know they had so many followers. They actually have more followers than uh, Carlos Correa does, and they keep talking about <laughs> it. And that, I thought that was funny. And then even better than that, they actually made a like a donation account. It wasn't a GoFundMe. It was something else, because it, it wouldn't have worked for a GoFundMe. But yeah. um to fly a Houston Asterix banner over Houston yesterday during the game. So, and they got enough money to do this. They flew, it, they flew it two days ago, and they did another donation setup to fly it yesterday. I don't know if it got to it, but like there were, awesome. pictures, there were pictures of the Houston Asterix banner being flown over all of Houston during the game yesterday. Incredible. And because of this Houston shame tour Twitter account. I mean, I followed this account when it had like 150 followers. So now it has like, I think it has 279,000 followers or something like that. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. And people are giving them money to fly this banner <laughs> over That's baseball. Awesome. Like, the unification of baseball has never been stronger. That's what I'm trying to say, <laughs> folks. All right. We all yeah. thought the Yankees were the evil empire of baseball. No we more. Should. No, no, no. No we more. Are. We, we want uh-huh. to. We no, want. You guys, you guys have become the baby face because there's a bigger and oh, better gosh. heel in the business. <laughs> All right, fine. All right, well, hey, we regress on the Astros there. So National League, right? Yeah, let's check out the National League real quick. Um, I think they're, you know, with my that's a a weird stat. Miami in first place is the weirdest thing ever. And I hate have, that. <laughs> yes, valid. They are in first place there again. They have to make up those games. Uh, so we'll see what happens after they get all their games and they could equal to what the Braves and the Phillies and everyone else have played. Um, but yeah, no, they're, again, their, their B squad is doing well. It's just like the Yankees yeah. had last year. It seems the AAA, te- AAA affiliates of a lot of these teams are actually pulling it together and making sure they get good picks so they could have a future, you know, which is good to see. You have to do it. Yeah. And you guys are seeing what happens when you don't. Look at down in the West though, Colorado, LA, San Diego, San Francisco. It's going to be interesting. They, uh, you know, no one's doing specifically bad. I know Arizona's six and nine, um, but that division is going to be fun because, as you can see, it takes five wins for them to get right back up in the first place um, if everyone else does poorly. Um, so it's going to be an interesting season down there. And I, uh, quick shout out, let's go Cincinnati. They're my National League team for Mr. Sal Romano. Uh, we're, we're always watching wherever Sal is. We got to make sure uh, that team's doing well. You know, hometown represent. 
so we're happy to see that they're in second place. Look at that. They're doing, look at all oh, the Cardinals. Oh boy. Ay, ay, that is not great. Even though they haven't played in many games, two and three. Uh, but I, somehow they're still in third place, which Milwaukee and uh, Pittsburgh, you better uh, do something about that because that's brutal. Pick up the pace there. But yeah, with the expanded playoffs too, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting to see all these play. Oh yes. He got hey, the, found it. Banner. the Houston Asterix banner flying oh, yeah. over the park. That flew, over oh, Houston, that's incredible. Uh, that flew over Houston two days ago during the Astros game. <laughs> and they wanted to fly it again yesterday. I'm not sure if they got enough money for it. Um, but uh, I thought about donating, and then I was like, there's better things to donate my cash to. So uh, I, did, I did not donate to the Houston Asterix Fund. Maybe, maybe yeah, if it was nah. a crazy time to be alive, I would have. So. Right. <laughs> if it wasn't so hard to uh, get a paycheck right now, yeah, uh, yeah maybe we would uh, partake in that. Um, but sure. let's move on to the best segment of the show, uh, the Boston Red Sox. Let's go, Sox. I believe in you. We're going to come back this season if we can get some pitching. Stop it, Noah. Don't let me believe. Let me believe. I don't want to see that face. You stop it. Uh, Joe, <laughs> the Red Joe, Sox. Oh, Joe, turn uh, my camera off because I can't take this seriously. Oh, my God. I can't see it. I can't brutal. do it. That is brutal. How dare you? You're going to leave me alone to talk about the Red Sox. I need your support. No, the, oh, no, he's gone. I lost Noah. <laughs> um, so I, I had written that the Red Sox were the second worst team in the American League as it pertains to the record. Ah, they are now the third worst. So I will take it. It's not, not last, not last. Um, yeah, brutal, brutal, honest brutality. Um, I, I always, no one knows this. I am a baseball fan first, a Red Sox fan second. Um, so I will always be honest about how the team is doing. Um, I can be optimistic, but yeah, they are off to an awful start. Um, and Steve Risser saying that, no, they won't. Devers and JD are off to awful starts. You're right. They are two big components of this team. Um, they can't capitalize. This is this reminds me, and granted, the 2011 Red Sox missed the postseason by one game, the infamous one game 162, um, and they remind me of that team um, because they get guys on base, they get guys all over the place, they're hitting, they're getting on, but they can't bring them in. They'll get like two, three hits and a walk, they'll load the bases, and then they'll get three out in a row. Um, it's, it's just super frustrating because you can see that these guys are hitting, but it's not well, like kind of like the Yankees to start the season. It's not the guys you were expecting. Mm. Um, like, you know how it, everyone was like, Oh, Stanton's trash. Your judge is going to carry the season. But Stanton was the first one to come out swinging. Like he was holding an entire tree because he hit every ball that was coming at him. Um, that's kind of what's happening with the Red Sox. Um, you know, I'm excited to see guys like Kevin Pillar, um, doing well, not only offensively, but defensively. Um, but they need to capitalize on these runs, especially guys like Rafael Devers and JD Martinez. Um, if you want to, and then you claim Noah that Rafael Devers is going to be the face of the Boston Red Sox. Well, then he better pick it up because he's been a, a trade card for many seasons. Now he's always been that name that's on the table. Um, so if he doesn't get better, what's to say we don't use him to get pitching? Bro, you can't sell the farm 
to save today's team. Like, you can't do that. Devers is the guy, all right? Devers is the guy. I, I can't even... I can't even fathom them trading him. That would just be ludicrous. And the fact that they just traded Mookie, and you're going to bring up trading Devers now? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? He's having a bad start. You just said it. How, how do you justify getting rid of a guy like that? That's all you have. No, I'm just saying the Red Sox are doing so poorly uh, that it could be one of those seasons where at the end of the season, they pull up Bobby Valentine. And they're like, see ya, see ya, see ya. And they just send guys all over the major league. And then two years later, they've built the team that they believe in. Because at the end of the, uh, what was it? What was Bobby's year? 2012, because he came in after Terry Francona. Um, he was horrible. And then 2013, uh, going into 2013, Bobby Valentine got rid of everyone. Adrian Gonzalez. Uh, all uh, Josh Beckett, all these guys gone. Jake Peavy, Jake Peavy. Who would have thought the Red Sox would send him packing? And then all of a sudden, 2013, we have this band of misfits, the Bearded Brothers, who come together and win a World Series. So the Red Sox are used to being at the bottom of the totem pole after a few seasons of doing incredibly well. Uh, so I'm not hitting the panic button just yet. Um, yes, Steve, I agree. Yeah, it it I, would be. No. Yes. Yes, it would. No. It's ridiculous. Why Why does Bo Bichette have a locked-in uh, position on, in Toronto? He doesn't. He doesn't have a locked-in spot in Toronto. He's incredible. No one has a locked-in spot on any team. The yes, Red Sox they, traded what? John Lester. All right, so the Yankees are going to trade Aaron Judge next season. Well, what if have they a, have to? You have a terrible. No, they don't have to do anything. These teams are worth a billion Not dollars. A single person is locked into anything. Who was who was the face of the Baltimore Orioles before he got traded and signed with another team? Yeah, because they couldn't afford him. Because and, and, okay, and but no one's safe. The biggest. Re- well, first off, they offered him a contract. Manny Machado was like, nah, I want to go and I want to try and do something else. All right? You have all these other – yes, you have all these other teams. But you're claiming, you're claiming the face will never go anywhere. Manny Machado was the face of the Orioles, yeah, it was and his, he went to another it, team. It was his decision. So you're saying Rafi Devers won't ever do that? No. Not, Rafi Devers, Ben Intendi, Xander Bogarts? If they can pay him, which is on the team – He's not going anywhere. Mookie had to go because the Red Sox were broke and they couldn't see, give him. He was see, worth. That's the that's the problem with MLB right now no. is everyone wants the big contract, and that's ridiculous because Mike Trout, Nolan Arenado, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Garrett Cole, you've all ruined baseball contracts. All of you have ruined baseball contracts because everyone thinks they're the best. No one's gonna go. Yeah, Garrett Cole is better than me. No, no. Because now when Justin Verlander has the chance to get another contract, he's going to be like, I want $451 million. He wants to have the biggest contract. Yeah, um, it's Because it's ridiculous. And they shouldn't be paid that much to, to play a game. I enjoy watching these players and going to support the Red Sox and Yankees. But no one should be making that much money to play a sport. And that it will always be my opinion. You will never change my mind on that because you're playing a game. What if next season Devers hits like 100 home runs? Then sign him, but not for $350 million. <laughs> what? Oh, come on. No. I, I listen. No, no single person is worth $350 million to play a game. 
I don't know. I mean, I'd get Garrett Cole, maybe. I mean, come on. Come I would pay him a hundred bucks to go out there and throw an incredible. No, I'm kidding. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm like, what? Obviously, these guys deserve money, but nothing like that. That is outrageous. I don't know. Right, I right when Mike Trout signed that contract, I said this is over. But Joe is bringing up some incredible pictures here. The Red Sox defense. If the Red Sox were based off of just our defensive prowess. Jackie Bradley would have won us the World Series in week two. <laughs> and Kevin Pillar has robbed at least two home runs already. He crashed into the wall yesterday. Um, so these guys are incredible. If it's defensive prowess alone, the Red Sox win the World Series, hands down. Um, but that's not enough. We need Mitch Moreland uh, to keep it up, Xander Bogarts to keep it up, Kevin Pillar to keep it up. But guys like Jackie, Benintendi, uh, they need to get it going. Uh, because otherwise the Red Sox are not going to do well. And the only bright spot, like actual, like incredible moment was that they had a uh, four hit shutout against Tampa, but it's Tampa. It's not like we did it against the Dodgers or the Yankees. Uh, so time to uh, pick it, pick it up Red Sox, because uh, I, I, I don't know if you pay attention to any Red Sox pages, Noah, uh, Red Sox fans can be a little ruthless. Um, and they are getting very, uh, anxious and upset in the comment sections of a lot of social media. So let's just see if they can pick it up uh, because I'm tired of seeing the Yankees on the top. <laughs> well, that Speaking makes of, would you like to kick off uh, the Yankees segment? That makes one of us that, that can't stand seeing the Yankees on the top because I cannot get enough of the 2020 New York Yankees, baby. Uh, my first bullet point here, as you see on the script, Tyler, obviously the fans can't see it. I'm going to tell you what the first one is. The Yankees are killing it. Plain and simple, the Yankees are killing it. Uh, these guys cannot be stopped. And the biggest thing, as we talked about before, is their hitting is coming through, which, again, as the Yankees, it's no huge surprise. Aaron Judge, as you see there on your screen, is absolutely unstoppable. He has a 309 uh, average. He has eight home runs and 19 RBIs with an OBP of 356 in 15 games. Uh, this is a crazy stat that Michael Kay was discussing yesterday with uh, Paul O'Neill during the broadcast of the Yankees game. He said that Aaron Judge has hit eight home runs so far. If he keeps at the rate he is going, he will hit 32 home runs in this 60-game stretch, which is our shortened season. Insane. They did the math. That would that be equivalent. an upsetting statistic. You think that's crazy? Wait, wait to hear this one. That would be the equivalent of a 162-game season. He would hit 92 home runs if he kept at the rate he was going, and this was a regular 162-game season. What I do you think of that? What do you think of I that one? I want to go home. I mean, that would put Barry Bonds way, way back. Uh, in the As I've Monday. been texting Noah over the last week, every time Judge hits a home run, I send him a little picture of a needle to test the man for steroids. <laughs> just just because I like to mess with Noah. Um, I don't think Aaron Judge is on steroids, but every time he hits a home run, Noah, expect a uh, picture of a needle uh, and Fair some enough. steroids. Fair enough. <laughs> Holy cow. If he ain't on, if he ain't on steroids, he's got everyone's, uh, you know, full attention. Yeah, um, but hope to God, there's no one on steroids right now after that last, uh, horrible debacle over steroid performance enhancement drugs. Um, mm. so Aaron judge kudos. 
Major, major judge, I'm proud of you, but I'm not. I'll give you more than Tyler. He's not going to support a, you. Just the way a golf clap right now. Just a golf clap. <laughs> That's all you get. So hey, Yankees hitting. Giancarlo Stanton has been doing amazing things for us this season. Look at him with the ball. He's even good at pop, blowing bubbles there. The ball on the, in the outfield. I mean, you can't you can't beat the guy at anything. His average was a 293, an OBP of 453, which is huge. He walks a lot, which is good. He, he's got that. However, yesterday a big big setback for the Yankees outfield as it's going to put us into next man up mode again. Uh, Stanton's heading to the IL. Stanton's so heading did they the... say how long, Noah? He put, they put him on the 10-day IL as of now. Uh, he, they think they pulled the hamstring. Uh, I know yesterday Boone said he thought he was going to be heading this morning. It came out that he is going to go on the 10-day IL. So we'll right. see how long he'll end up being there. Let's hope it's a quick recovery. Uh, we do know the Yankees have good field depth uh, in the likes of Mike Talkman, and we'll get into a couple of those guys in the next in the next piece here. Um, yeah. So the Yankees are looking okay. They do still have that Andujar card if they had to play it in left field. I don't, <laughs> I don't like Andujar in left field whatsoever. But hey, he's got to learn. If he gets better at it, who knows? So you don't need you don't need him though because as you said, you've got guys like Geo Gardner, Ford, Voigt, Talkman. Uh, you've got guys who can fill in in the outfield who do not need to go by the name of Miguel Andujar. Um, no, so. thing, though, I wouldn't, and we always have, we always say this. Why do you put a guy in left field, Tyler? Because you like the rat. And right. Because he doesn't need to usually him. play the ball. All right. <laughs> that's what I could say about Andujar. He's just good in the lineup. He's got a slappy bat. He, he gets, he makes contact a lot. So you can't really uh, front a guy like that. And they're really experimenting with him now. So I wouldn't say it's completely fair. Uh, but again, he's not an outfielder by trade so, so he's trying you to would say though right field is is aaron judge center oh, field is aaron hicks and yeah. then left field is we're open right now because stands out who would you rather have Andujar or or brett Gardner? i don't know if gardner would play left field um i honestly wouldn't say either i would put talkman in left i i i would put talkman in the opening rotation before some guys um, our friend courtney's gonna be mad at you for that one i listen i like brett gardner but i, I don't think he i don't think gardner is a left fielder by by trade i don't know if he would love that um and yes aaron judge was player of the week there for his amazing hitting uh he's carrying the yankees in terms of offense he's really killing it uh yeah i agree with you steve i would put talkman in, in left field or any any outfield position at that any day of the week he runs hard he's got a great bat and he's a lefty which breaks up a lot of that heavy righty power that we have that we need so i, I love that and i'm going to get into and the next thing here i'm talking about how uh geo gardner ford talkman and voight all really helping the team out as i said the yankees are hitting up and down the talk yeah. The Yankees are hitting up and down the freaking lineup here. Uh, you, so you can't, to the bat count them out. you can't you can't count them out. There's there's no easy at bat because uh, you look at you know your number two guy's going to get up there and maybe they're have they're in a slump in the likes of Glaber, but after him is Judge and then Stan. So you're not out of the woods yet. Uh, well, so, yeah. You know. Speaking of Glaber, he's doing ho- having a rough start, huh? Yeah, Glaber is hitting 146 with mm. one home run and two RBIs with an OVP of 212. Uh, yeah. And he's, but it's crazy because his 2019 swing was incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happened? Yeah. Honestly, it's tough. I don't know. I could have been the reboot. It could have been uh, that they were they got into they got into the season. They were all ready to go. The Yankees were looking hot in spring training, like they were going to be more than ready to uh, to get to get to the games. And then all of a sudden, they had to just hard stop. Uh, they had to hard stop and and not go into anything. So it's tough to see. Um, a guy like Glaber struggling because, like you said, his 2019 numbers were amazing, and he oh. was definitely a major component of the team there. Also struggling is Sanchez, as we talked about before, and I see people in the chat hating on Sanchez a little, but we'll we'll get into that 
Um, Are already a, hanging on Sanchez? Holy cow. With an average of 086, for Sanchez. One home run, three RBIs, and OB, OBP of 220. Um, here's the thing with Sanchez, and I, and, I was saying, and I was trying to make this point last week. I just didn't really have enough of it, but I'm happy Garrett Cole had this interview, and he was asked about how he feels about Sanchez, team's production, and so on. And Garrett Cole was quoted in saying that Sanchez is sharp behind the plate. He really loves working with them. He says it gives him nice targets, gives him good sequences, and it's helpful because Gary Sanchez does his homework from what Garrett Cole's saying, and he knows the team, other teams, better than Cole does. So Sanchez knows where guys like the ball. He knows where guys want to be, uh, and he's trying to work against them, obviously, because he wants to give their starters the best opportunity for success. So when looking at a guy like Gary Sanchez, I know last week we were only picking on his hitting, and now we're looking more into his catching here, which, I'm, again, I'm happy Garrett Cole came, I had this interview because what it's showing is Gary Sanchez is really doing the homework to help the Yankees pr- improve in their biggest weak spot over the last few years, and that's the starting rotation. So it's, it's right. nice to see that someone other than, you know, like, sure, the pitching coach does their job and so on. However, Gary Sanchez is really getting in there and trying to help the pitchers be the best pitchers they can be, uh, especially with Garrett Cole. Because, I mean, you're going to put that much money to a guy like Cole. I'll, I, if I'm Aaron Boone, I'm going to look right at Gary Sanchez and say, bro, you do your thing with Cole. You make sure that guy can perform. We'll take care of the hitting because you got plenty of guys who can do it. Uh, well, so I'm curious. We have, we have a comment from Dave. I don't know if uh... – if Joe can pull it up, it says there's a difference between Torres' struggles and Gary's struggles. Um, and I, I don't understand that because the, Gary, is, you could argue, is being defensively better than Torres, and he's hitting better than Torres. Um, so I, I assume by that comment you're trying to say Torres is better uh, than Gary. So uh, he, he, there he said it. He says he doesn't know – uh, how to actually catch the ball and prevent past balls. Yeah, but he's working um, on that. And that's the biggest right. thing is that, that what Garrett Cole was saying is Sanchez is – obviously, he sees Sanchez improving. He's only worked with him for a couple weeks now. Sure. Um, but since last se- – I will say as a fan watching Sanchez since last season, he's definitely improved. Uh, so I, 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 I'm not going to just bash and bash and bash uh, cause just because his bat is crap. Sure, I think he's focusing 110% on improving his catching and, and working together with, uh, with the pitchers there. So that's a good thing. Yeah, be, besides Yasmani Grandal and maybe Yadier Molina, I really can't – and Buster Posey. I really can't think of many catchers who constantly rake. Um, so they're, those three – and even Yadi, I was being very generous. Um, Yadi can hit, but uh, not like uh, Aaron Judge can hit. That's not what you expect from your catcher. You hmm. can expect a catcher to, to – you want your catcher to be uh, strongest in his defense okay. and his support of the starting pitcher. Um, and I think of all the catchers in the MLB, Gary is incredible at that. Maybe not the best, maybe not the premier catcher in the MLB, um, but he's getting there. And I think within the next three seasons, if he can get that bat together, um, he could be up there with the JT Romutos and the uh, Yachty's and uh, the Buster Posey's. He could get to that point. And that's yeah, coming from sure. a Red Sox fan uh, who has had guys like the facts, like, within uh where am i going with this like we had captain we had jason veritek um who if you ask anyone he's not our hitter we didn't keep him in the lineup for his bat we kept him in the lineup because he was an incredible defensive uh catcher what is joe saying look at gary's actual numbers he's swinging at less garbage this year he'll start hitting catching has been great this year joe is our producer makes a great point 
Yeah, I, I have to agree. You can't you can't front on the guy for wanting to improve his catching. That's the only thing we complained about last season in the likes of Gary Sanchez. And he said, okay, bet, and he's, he's working on it. So um, let's go on from that, though. It's obvious the Yankees' offense is is great. No surprise there whatsoever. Uh, you know, the wow. offense has always been a strong suit for the Yankees, and they're continuing that trend. So let's go to this pitching here. Uh, Garrett Cole, without a question, without a question, is carrying the Yankee starting rotation here. Uh, he has 20, here's a big stat of this. And we always griped about how much the Yankees utilized their bullpen last season because that's all they had. That was their right. best asset. It, why wouldn't you put your best outset, asset out there as quickly as possible? You have and they were killing it. And they were killing it. And why not? You know, you, you had starters going out there who are expected to get six, seven innings. Dude, I'll take five. And we have guys here who can't even go two this season. But let's talk about Cole first. Uh, 21 innings pitched. That's more than double any other Yankee starter. More than yeah. double any other Yankee starter. And when you're looking at a starting pitcher, that's what you want. You want innings, you want pitches, so that way you can save your bullpen, especially in this shortened season. you got to have multiple guys ready to go because you might have a doubleheader two series in a row that the Yankees had, and they had no one to put out there because they had to gripe their bullpen because the only person that helps them out with the starting is Garrett Cole. Right. He had an of, ERA of 3.22 with 26 Ks. Uh, one thing that I want to say is it's crazy uh, – it's crazy how much Garrett Cole is obsessed with pitching. And Michael Cole, Michael K was talking about this yesterday during the broadcast. Um, after a pitcher leaves the game, a bad start, Tyler. What do they usually do? What do they? they what? What, do you, what would you see after a pitcher? A leaves bad the start. Game? They well, throw their glove. Sure. <laughs> right. Our bad start, or they are they. They're in like the seventh inning. They pitched great, and they get up a two-run shot, and then get taken out. They get out of set. They couldn't get out of the inning. You know, like they yeah, want right. to get that one last out, and it, they kind of fester on it, and they sit there and think about it. Garrett Cole yesterday after he got taken out, which first he was at 106 pitch or something like that in the in the fifth or sixth. Brutal inning. too. It blew his winning streak. Well, true, but whatever. He, he's he's great. He walks into the dugout. He walks right over to Matt Blake, the pitching coach, and he starts looking at numbers. Right. And he starts talking and he's trying to figure out what he could improve, what he could fix. Right. And even before the game, you saw Garrett Cole in the, in the bullpen, having a bullpen session, warming up. And he's trying to find the perfect spot for the catcher to set up so we can make sure the fastball hits where he wants it. And that kind of thing. Right. Garrett Cole is, is what they were saying was, is obsessed with pitching. And I, I think it's a great thing. Um, and it's cool to see a guy who's just dedicated to his craft. But if we look at the rest of the Yankees rotation here, uh, we are in trouble when it comes to starting pitching. Paxton is 0-1 with a 1350 ERA in two games. Um, he has a, he has to face Morton tonight in uh, Tampa Bay, so we'll see how that goes. But Tyler, what do you think about the Yankees in terms of their starting pitching? I mean, all we have is Garrett Cole. Tanaka's only had one start. No, it's it's hard. It's actually still with the starting rotation. Besides, Cole. it's tough because um, you and I went to an incredible Tanaka game. Uh, we saw Tanaka throw that shutout uh, last year or two years ago. Last year. Last year, right? Um, so we throw him, saw him throw that shutout. So even though he's not struggling poor, like horribly bad, um, I'd like to see Tanaka turn it up a little bit if I were uh, a Yankee fan. Um, and uh, what's his name? James Paxton. Holy cow. Um, that's not great. Paxton no. is still struggling. He's 0 for 1 or 0 and 1 with a 13.5 ERA in his first two games. Um, wow. That is <laughs> – not great. Uh, and it's kind of incredible, though, because the Yankees are still winning. Um, so uh, I can't say too much against the starting rotation because the bullpen comes in and covers their butt. So it's hard to see that they're doing that poorly. Um, because, and then the Yankee bats uh, are enough to counter the starting pitching. 
um, at least for now. We'll see if they can keep it up uh, because the Yankees, uh, as good as they are doing, this is a short season, so it takes one bad week to put you in a bad spot. Uh, so let's see if they can keep it up. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and as we said, that bullpen there is, is always our strong suit. And I Tyler, I want to pose a question for you. Okay. I don't know if you know the Yankees. You, you know the Yankees bullpen well. You know you know the guys. You got Kane, Lee, Adovino, Green, Chapman. Yeah. Um, uh, is, is coming out strong too. Um, of, of all those guys, and I have here a question and a chat session too. Let me know: Is Chad Green the best Yankees bullpen arm besides Chapman? That's tough. I, you know, he's. I was gonna say him, but we praised the hell out of Tommy Canley last week. Um, so it's tough. A yes, only because of how long he's been with you guys now, um, and how consistent he's been as a Yankees pitcher. Um, he's one you can call on at any moment. Uh, if you need it, well, I mean, I guess the MLB rules have changed for when a pitcher can come into a game. Um, but you could call him for that one crucial out. Um, so yeah, Chad Green is probably the face of the bullpen. Um, they just, they really need, they, they don't need anything else in that bullpen except maybe a specialist have a guy come in who can throw a knuckleball and, and, and confuse guys. Um, but otherwise Chad green is just a stud at coming out of that Yankees bullpen. Yeah. To, to me, I would honestly say, yes, I think I would put green over anyone, but Chapman and we'll see how Chapman performs when he gets back. Chapman won reliever of the year for a reason. Um, no, green green so far this season has pitched eight innings. He has 11 Ks and an ERA of zero. I know he let up a run yesterday, so that, that ERA is incorrect. Um, but his ERA is still very low for, for all things considered in his eight, eight innings of work. Uh, so that's very impressive. You look at Adovino, who's a great pitcher. He's pitched in less innings, I think only six innings, and he has an ERA of about three. So green, right. I, green, I would say, is a solid pitcher. And he was having great opens when he had to perform as an opener. He was the guy. And this, what I say, was the biggest – uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen a person be sent down to AAA and come back up, and it works so well like Green. Right. I, I can't even think of it of when that happened before. Yeah, he's really shown that he's ready, MLB ready, fully geared to be the guy out of the bullpen, especially with Chapman being gone. Um, so it's nice to see a guy step up like that as um, a lot of the teams that are incredible and have no excuse, it's next guy up. Um, yeah, so absolutely. unfortunately absolutely. Tommy's going to be out as we talked last, uh, last week. So since mm -hmm. Tommy's out, I guess Chad Green's the guy. Yeah, you got, you got to have that. You got to have your pieces in the right spots and Chad Green's definitely going to be uh, coming through for the Yankees. No doubt about it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. All, in all, all in all, they're looking great. Their bullpen's there. Their offense is fine. They have an ace, which is exciting. We have an ace and likes a Garrett Cole, baby, but, um, <laughs> You know, it, it's tough with that starting rotation. If they could get that together, I feel like they could be a dominant force. And I have, I have a thing here. My grandmother has this on her wall. I took it down. And, and they could recreate this moment. Not with oh, Jeter, please. but that could be Aaron Judge. And, and I'm telling you, it's going to happen. If you see this is my grandmother, she loves Derek Jeter. I'm at her house right now. This is the 2009 World Series, and she's got that hung up there. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said you wanted to tell us a little something about your shirt you're wearing, right? Oh, you're, uh... So, yes, I'm filming at my grandmother's house here, and uh, I'm in the living room. And I was telling her, you know, hey, I got to do the podcast today at this baseball show and then a wrestling show with my, you know, Tyler, my friend Tyler. And she goes, oh, okay. And she tells everyone in the house, oh, make sure you're quiet. Noah's got to do his podcast. I'm in her room right now. And she goes, what's your shirt? It says Garrett Cole, but what's the Bay Bay part? And I was like, oh, well, Graham, this is a, a – there's a wrestler named Adam Cole and he has a catchphrase that goes Adam Cole, baby. And, and this is Garrett Cole and someone, some genius combined 
wrestling and baseball into a shirt, which makes it the which is our shirt. two favorite things. <laughs> makes it the greatest shirt ever created. And she just looks at me and goes, "All right, dear, you know, like go to your show now." <laughs> um, but I told her, like, "That's nice." Yeah, it was just like that. I'm like, "Kevin, you got you should come on the show and talk about the Yankees, even for like five minutes one time, because uh, she's funny." And you know what? The first thing yeah. she said, "You know, you know." I know, I know I, I love Joe Girardi when he was Yankees manager. And I know uh, he was a good manager, but you know, she can't stand him, as you know. Right. So the first thing she said to me was, yeah, if I go on, hmm, I could talk about how much I don't like Joe Girardi <laughs> and how much I don't like him going to the Phillies. And I'm like, Grim, you hated him. Why would you care if he left? And she was like, I still don't like him. But <laughs> <laughs> we love we love your grandma. We will have her on this show. Whenever she'd like, her and Pop Pop are to, more than welcome to join us. I have to convince her. But I told her, I said, what if I do like an Instagram poll and then they all vote, you should go on. She goes, you still have to convince me that you could see. So we should do like a, <laughs> we'll do a poll or something, see if we want Grandma, Mima on the show. Fantastic. I would love to have her. Um, this has been, uh, you know, it was a quiet week this week in baseball. Not too, not too much exciting except for the Yankees uh, just continuing to slaughter. Um, the Marlins doing well. Otherwise, it's been kind of quiet. Um, so I, I hope next week can get a lot bigger uh, because I'd like to have some exciting highlights to show next week on episode five of baseball with Bard. But that has been our show for the day. Uh, a quick shout out to Clovercrest media for allowing us to get our word out about baseball, all things baseball with a focus on the Red Sox and the Yankees. If you or anyone, you know, are looking to start a podcast, just contact Clovercrest Media and they will get you up and running. Myself, Noah, the Keys Brothers, Ovi Muniz, Frank Cuesta, any of the guys from any of the shows you may be watching on Clovercrest Media, we will get you up and running. Uh, but for now, this has been Baseball with the Bard. I am Tyler Bard. That is Noah Cross. And we will see you next time. Baseball with the Bard.